0: Of a collect call from an inmate at the Washington Correctional Center. To accept the call, press 5.
1: There is nothing like waking up to the sound of clacking and buzzing as the doors crack in the morning after count clears. Waking up to the reality of life in prison. For some, it is just a stop along their journey, a milepost, an experience others it is a revolving door in and out in and out and that's their way of life stuck in the cycle pulling and eating away at them
0: and then for some it becomes their destination as the hammer came down
1: and that judge issued them a death sentence the slow way by way of life in prison this is the life of a lifer by taylor conway
0: This is Candace. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. I'm doing great.
0: Good. So good to talk to you and get a chance to connect with you today.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: So I just wanted to take a, take a second and just hear a little bit about you and your story. We're going to talk about how you got connected to the work of youth, but just a little bit about your story, first of all.
1: Okay. um, in 1999, uh, I was arrested for um, manufacturing drugs and and I was separated from my children. I received a 40-year sentence for drug manufacturing, possession of weapons. Um, I'd never been incarcerated before. i have never spent a day in jail. I had six children at the time of my arrest. Um, and so when I was first sent to prison, I was separated from my family. I was like 500 miles away from my family and communicating with my children was very difficult. Communicate phone calls were $23 a phone call. Um, So I continually wrote letters to DOC and asked them to move me back to uh, close to Tacoma, Washington. And they sent me to McNeil Island where, and when I arrived at McNeil Island in 2001, um, they had just started a big push for Um, for fathers to, you know, maintain strong relationships with their children and keep keep families together. And there was a lot of money being spent in programs and things like that. So I was very lucky to get involved in a program called Long Distance Dads when I first got there. And uh, Mm -hmm. so basically it was like a 12-week class. And uh, as you start the class, you know, you start talking about, how you developed all your character, who you were, you know, how you how you made choices that you were making, how you were raised as a child, but then they start talking about uh statistics of children, you know, and and the th- and the risk we put our kids in, and by our choices and things like that. So when I started hearing those statistics, I was just blown away at the risk I put my children at. So yeah. it completely yeah. changed the way. It completely changed the way I thought about, you know, my choices and the things I did. And it just created a huge passion for me to, you know, help other fathers understand that they play a vital role in these children's lives. And even if they're incarcerated, they can still help reduce this risk that their children are in. So that's pretty much, you know, what, what got me going and what got me passionate about children of incarcerated parents.
0: Awesome, that is phenomenal phenomenal. I definitely agree and can attest to much of that. So what would you say to caregivers of children um who have a uh, an incarcerated parent?
1: Well, I would say this because I know a lot of us parents that are incarcerated have obviously burned some bridges and done things that are you know we hurt people and and we hurt their feelings and we you know we created these barriers. With the caregivers of these children, you know, and but the one thing I'll say is, you know, through my own work with my own children, I realize what an important role, even as an incarcerated parent, that, I, that these parents should play in their kids' lives. And if it could be a healthy situation where the the parent that's incarcerated could communicate with the child and, and spend time with the child, you know, and and the parents could, or the caregivers, or the parent. Whoever's raising that child could work with that incarcerated parent. It's a big deal to the child, you know, and sometimes we gotta let things go so that we can have you know raise our children the right way so they can see that we can work together you know and and you know i can I can speak from my own children's stories and and tell everybody, but it's like you know the things I did for my children from prison really helped them, even though I was incarcerated, you know so it's Absolutely. like a...
0: I love that. Can you, can you talk a little bit about some of the things? Because I know, you know, with incarceration, there's definitely that distance is there. But as you say, there are still things that incarcerated parents can do with and for their children. So what are some things that an incarcerated parent can do for or with their children?
1: Well, I think I think one of the major things is, you know, our children need to know that even though we made bad choices, that we love our children with with everything, you know, and, and that The fact that we made a bad choice or ended up in prison doesn't take away from the fact that we love our children. You know, that's the one thing is being able to relay that message to them. But there's, there was so many, there's so many things that a father can do from prison, you know. I was, when I was incarcerated at, when I was at McNeil Island, uh, I wrote, I sat down with the superintendent, Alice Payne, and her and I wrote a program so that parents in prison could do parent-teacher conferences from prison, you know. They can schedule these conferences. So that became a statewide program, and now that a program is available to every inmate within our facilities and so wow. we we the the key is training these fathers and mothers that come to prison how to do these parent teacher conferences give them the thing give them the tools they need to uh be able to communicate with these teachers and explain to these teachers that these children are at risk children and it opens up their whole life for them you know and the reason I did that is because my child, when he was five years old, he was two and a half. When my youngest son, he was struggling in school, socially, emotionally, and as soon as I heard that, I, I went to the superintendent. And I'm like, "Look, I have to be able to talk to his teacher. I have to be able to do this." And so we sat down and wrote this program, but it was like so impactful for my son. You know, we they do the parent teacher conferences. You know, you'll be in your counselor's office or something, and they'll do a conference call, and your child's there in the with the teacher with this caregiver and you, so you guys can all discuss the stuff that's going on. So this child knows that you're involved, you know, and it makes a big impact. There's also, you know, we have family events and family functions here, you know, where kids can come up and they get to play outside and do barbecues and things like that for their kids, and, you know, they do backpacks for kids. We do Christmas events for kids. They also have a program where you can do homework in the visiting room for your children. And I think a lot of it, wow. you know, and yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we we really focus, I mean, my focus is to get these men to understand that there's a lot of things you can do. Even just sending a letter to your child is a big deal, you know. And, you know, there's just a, a story that happened to me at McNeil Island. There was a guy in my long-distance dad's class. He wrote his children every two weeks for four years and never got a response. As soon as his daughter turned 18, she put in a visiting form to come visit him, you know, because she knew she was getting his letters from her father, but her mother wouldn't let him have them. So to me, those are just things that fathers need to be doing for their children from prison, you know, just reaching out to them. We try to teach the fathers that it's our responsibility to maintain relationships. Even if we're not getting a response that we want, you know, it's our responsibility to let these kids know. You know, there's a lot of good programs in prison that fathers and mothers can get involved in. So, I mean, it's just some pretty amazing stuff. It's just getting enough programs going to teach all these guys the skills they need. You know, that's the main that focus That is absolutely
0: for me. remarkable. Now, I hear you say you went to the superintendent, but I would imagine there are some steps that take place between going to the superintendent and, and building up that type of uh, relationship to be able to contact them at that level. So how what, what steps did you take to build that rapport and relationship with the superintendent?
1: Well, what happened was she's the one, because she came from a, our female facility at Purdy. So when she came to you know, uh-huh. went, she was she was kind of blown away that, We didn't have the same opportunity as the women at Purdy were having with their children. You know, because they had all these programs for the women that the men weren't given the opportunity for. So she opened up all the things for us to do, you know, all the, um, programs that they were having at Purdy. She was very open-minded and she's the, she's the one that brought long-distance dads to McNeil. It was the pilot program. She's the one that pushed for it, you know, to, to come through. So, uh, she was very open-minded. So now, uh, absolutely, she was very open-minded, and I just wrote her a kite on, you know, back at that time they call them kites, and I dropped it in the in-house mail, and it went up to her office, and she came down and called me up to her office, and we met, you know, and talked about it. You know, it's just thinking outside the box and being willing to make that approach to our superintendents is what it takes. So, I mean, a lot of these superintendents know what their goals are, is to keep our children out of prison. You know, when people hear the statistic of seven out of ten children of incarcerated parents end up in prison, they're blown away by it. You know?
0: And yeah, to yeah, me yeah.
1: when I when I heard that statistic it literally changed my whole life because that's what I started focusing on was keeping my children out of prison. And I can't say it's been all rosy because, you know, like I said, I raised six children and I had a daughter go to prison. You know? Uh-huh. And it was the worst and it was the worst day of my life, you know in 2013 so it's like I know the feeling of that happening to a parent but I've also been on a yard with three generations you know a grandfather a father and a grandson all on the same prison yard together and that to me is just you know devastating our communities
0: absolutely absolutely
1: um
0: is um the program that you did now tell me the name of it once again please
1: well, the program I completed was Long Distance Dads, but now I teach a parenting yeah. program here. I teach a parenting program here called, uh, Parenting Inside Out. It's actually an evidence based okay. parenting program that Washington brought in from, they bought the program from Oregon and brought it in here to teach it to the men. And it's, it's a 16 week program. And basically, it's, it's Long Distance Dads on steroids, basically. You know, at like five or week five or six, we actually give these guys a teddy bear to carry around the facility to, you know, so it causes them to think. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a symbol, you know, it causes them to think about how they act and what they're doing within the facility when they got this little bear with them. You know, so it's like, and at the end of the class, when the men graduate, they get to, they get to send the bear to their children or they can have their children come to visit and pick it up. But, awesome. um, yeah, the, this program is the program I teach now is like, you know, the first four – there's actually – it's a two-part class. It's a walk-the-line, which is like five weeks. And what they did is they took a program they were using for men that were returning from wartime. And they seen that this, that men in prison and women in prison suffer the same kind of trauma as men coming home from wartime because they've been traumatized through all the stuff they've gone through in their life. So the walk-the-line class is basically about us. About our personalities, how to change those personalities, you know, things we can change, things we can't change, things we got to work on to help us develop better. And then the next 16 weeks is about all about parenting from, you know, stages of development. Uh, we talk about every, the five love languages. We talk about having family meetings, how to function, you know, in, in other relationships, reentry, how to reenter in your child's life. You know, because we don't want to traumatize a child either, you know? So we focus Absolutely. on everything.
0: Absolutely. That is remarkable. Is that something that is possible to be done in other states, um, and Department of Corrections
1: as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they actually, this, this program, the uh, Parenting Inside Out is from Oregon. They wrote the program in Oregon, and, uh, they're actually spreading it throughout the country right now. So it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's actually a nationwide, uh, Evidence-Based Program. That is remarkable. Well, your
0: passion and your insight about parenting through incarceration is clearly evident. Um, This is just awesome. It's remarkable. And it's definitely needed. I I know we can change patterns that happen with families if we can just change the behaviors and the mindsets. And like you're doing, just equip
1: um, parents no no matter where they are. Absolutely. I think, I think it really comes to just making parents, parents that are incarcerated and the caregivers of these children aware of the risk these child, these children are in. Because once you raise the awareness of the caregiver that's raising this child, I mean, it turns on a flashlight, you know, a light bulb for them because, you know, a lot of times society has a thing about keeping incarcerated parents, you know, separate from their children or, because they're in this prison place. why well, I don't want my child going to a prison and seeing their parent. It's not healthy. Well it's not healthy for that child not to know that parent loves them and can be a you know, if that parent can be healthy and be a healthy, you know, help you raise your child Absolutely. why wouldn't you want yeah. why wouldn't you want that child that parent involved? You know? As long as it's healthy. I'm not saying for unhealthy situations or anything like that, but I'm saying for a healthy mom or dad that's incarcerated, that's learning these tools should be able to share them with their children because, you know, my children Absolutely. tell me all the time. My children tell me all the time the greatest thing I ever did for them was be open and honest with them and that they know that I love them, yes. you know? Yeah. And, uh, yes.
0: My, um, my husband and I currently, we just started a nonprofit called families of conviction and that's exactly the mission is, is helping and teaching to, um, keep families together that are separated by incarceration. And, and that is exactly the premise that, if it can be yeah. healthy and well-informed and love can, you know, we can create situations where healthy love can flow, it will be the difference. So I love all that you're saying. I love it.
1: So so I go up to, and I speak to the new new inmate orientation. I go up and speak to them on Tuesdays when they get here to Stafford Creek. And, and uh, I go up there and, the, you know, the, I talk to them about the parenting classes and I talk to them all that. But after I talk to them about that, I'm like, listen, man, there's only, it's only us that can stop the government from growing prisons it takes the people inside the prison to stop it from growing because when we go out and re-recidivate or we don't stop our children from coming to prison then we're responsible for this next generation of of incarceration you know now that we're becoming aware of all these all these statistics and all this rift and all this trauma you know if a father and mother that are incarcerated can can change the destiny of a child They should never be denied that, you know, regardless of what they've done. You know what I mean?
0: I I absolutely do, and I absolutely agree. So, is there anything, one major idea or thought that you would like to say, just kind of to wrap up this thought or this portion of um, why it's important, or ways to move forward?
1: I, I would just, I would just like to say that, you know, I think that, well, in the last few years, our our state itself has kind of gotten away from the keeping families together model, you know, because it's come down to budget stuff and overcrowding and different things that are going on. But my, my thing, if I could say anything to our legislators and to our people. To our,
0: you have 60 seconds remaining.
1: That the, the, main focus, the main focus should be that we need to keep our children out of prison. And whatever funding that takes or however that, whatever that looks like in, in the real world should come to fruition. And our superintendents and our people that are running these places need to know that our families need our help, and we need to be able to have that. Yes. You know, And that that includes cost of phone calls, cost of using JPay, cost cost in the visit room for food. You know, when the when the
0: you have thirty seconds remaining.
1: When the systems making money off our families, they shouldn't be doing that. Off but that's the main thing I would say. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure learning from you and hearing from you and I really look forward to connecting with you um in this work. So thank you so Absolutely. much for spending <laughs> the time with me today. Keep on